0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Career Talks Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Orlando Haynes, here with another amazing guest with an amazing topic. Uh, Super excited to dive into this because I'm sure quite a few people are in this position right now. So uh, definitely can't wait to dive in. If you've seen the flyer, like I always say, I have Ms. Patricia Ortega with me. She is the founder and CEO of the Uncommon Career Coaching Program, or coaching uh, services, as well as her podcast is called The Uncommon Career. So looking forward to diving in. Uh, let me welcome Ms. Patricia Ortega to the stage. How are hey. you?
1: Good. How are you doing? It's good to be here with you.
0: Good, good. So uh, before we get started, just to pull transparency, Uh, I had the opportunity to jump on your podcast uh, a few months back, which was really cool, super cool. Uh, I think I'll drop that in the notes afterwards, too. But share with folks uh, more about you, your business uh, and your background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Patricia Ortega. Um, I am... CEO and owner of the Uncommon Career. I've been doing that for a minute now, and um, really, my my background comes out of being a tenured faculty member in the California um, education system. And you know, I taught on all things career, life success, educational success, just like the gamut of mindset and career. And I found that a lot of folks were kind of underselling, undervaluing themselves from the very beginning, but also across the entire career journey. And so I would find folks after, you know, I used to work with engineers and I'd find engineering students that graduated. They did great in school. And 10 years later, um, they are no longer in engineering or they're in the same position they got when they first started. And so I just noticed, you know, having the skill set. Is not the same having a skill set in your industry is not the same as having a skill set in your career and that career savvy and so that's where I started the uncommon career from.
0: So, with did the actual name though? How did you come up with the mm. name? Because right there's uh, certain names. I think I have a, a basic name for this podcast, but I may I may rebrand it. But um, what what prompted you to come up with the uncommon career?
1: Yeah. So part of that is, um, that I'm kind of a career leaper. Like I, I don't, um, people think I'm nuts sometimes, you know, when I started this business, I up and quit a, a six figure plus position. Uh, mm-hmm. when I got that position, I quit the first secure position I had, but it tripled my income, you know? And so I do these, these leaps, um, that I think people think I'm a little un, uncommon, you know, um, these situations I, I like, the idea of career transition quite a lot and reinventing yourself and using story to develop this uncommon career not the usual track of i graduated in this major and then i had a career in that particular industry for you know my entire life and i think that's becoming more and more common now that we see such a rapid change in technology but you know prior to my time when i was in school when i was starting in my career it was not very common you you had one major and you got into a job for that one major and and that was it for a minute right and so that's where that's where the name came from i just love career transitions
0: okay okay wow so uh just to share with folks right you're 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 not coaching them to to pivot as often as you did in in your background but uh let's let's dive into that a little bit because right we're on topic uh with you mm-hmm. making that career pivot and change uh was there a specific plan in place or just by happenstance, you were like, hey, this looks like a great opportunity and let me go for it. Or again, did you have that plan planned out where you were going to, you know what, let me give a year, or whatever it is mm-hmm. here, here and move. what What was that um, thought process there?
1: Yeah. You know, the first time it was very much you know, my faith is important to me. And the first time it was very much a faith move. Like I felt like Mm -hmm. God was saying, I've got this for you. And I was like, all right, then I'm going to jump and you'll catch me. and We'll figure it out. Right. So that was like the first one, um, which, you know, a lot of grace in that one. Um, But, you know, another one of my leaps was very much intentional of, okay, I see something that I'm interested in. And so let's kind of create a vision or cast a vision for what this looks like. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. I think, I think not enough of us, you know, not enough of us, but I mean, I think many of us don't spend enough time really casting a vision for what we want our life in the next 5, 10, 15 years to look like. You know, we have so much going on today that it's like to think about something in 5, 10 years, is just, let me just worry about today. Right. And so, but that's something that I've always done. And so I've just kind of casted this vision and thought, okay, where do I want my life to be? And I'm not going to lie to you. I thought, okay, Here's a degree I have. What Mm -hmm. are my options and which one affords me the life that I want outside of work while having the job that I love within my work? So I wanted both, right? And so I had to figure out what is that perfect space that I want to be in. And then from there, so there's the vision, then I had to create a strategy. So now that I know where I want to be, the next step is, okay, well, what are the steps to get there? And they may be common or uncommon, right? So for some folks, it's a straight line. And for some, it's a zigzag. But I was like, well, here's an example. I wanted to be a tenured faculty. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, what's the fastest way to be a tenured faculty? I was like, I want to get experience in every facet of student counseling. So I kid you not, I had, so thankful for this experience. I got a job at a wonderful community college, and they only needed about um, two hours in financial aid counseling. So I was like, I'll take it. But then something opened up where they were like, okay, well, can you do a little bit of EOPNS? Sure, which is a special program, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, next thing I know, within about a month, I'm doing two hours a week, I kid you not, two hours a week um, in each of five different places And within about three or six months, a position came up that was full-time somewhere else. And I thought, you know, when everyone is like, you should work two years somewhere before you, you know, I was like, no way. I got, I have two hours a week worth of experience, right? And so, you know, I was able to leverage that experience to express how much I had learned and what I could do. It doesn't matter how long it took you to learn it. It just matters that you can do it. And that's what I really focus on is I, I focus on helping people to see their experience as an asset, not just something they did before, but something that they can leverage for their future. Um, and so that's kind of how I did it. You know, you have the vision and you have the strategy. Once you have the strategy in place, you're just looking for opportunities. You're like a radar and you're just like,
0: okay, mm.
1: I'm just, uh, I'm prepared and I'm just waiting for that opportunity. And when it comes, that's you cool. jump on it. And so that's where that career leap, people think I'm crazy. But before I took that leap, I've been looking at the vision. I've been looking at the strategy and then something mm-hmm. good comes up and I'm like, let's jump. Like, let's go. You know, so that's that's how I do it.
0: Love it. So for the folks that are watching, uh, we have a good group on there. Uh, go ahead and comment. want to make sure the comments are working. Uh, appreciate you, Mark. Uh, just but let us know where you're watching from. Say hello. Um, so the title for tonight is how to make. Well, let me, write, let me say that correctly. How to change. Uh, careers. Let me get that correct. How to change career direction. So Mm -hmm. a lot of folks are going to wonder, how did you do it? You know, Mm -hmm. what was your initial strategy? What was your initial thought process? Mm -hmm. Who did you contact first, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, What was your first thought process or movement when you started to say, you know what, I'm about to make this, this career change. Um, Mm -hmm. Walk us through that process and then we'll get to what do you coach on now? Mm. Obviously there's an evolution of it, but talk to us about your state of mind and what you, what you tackled first.
1: Yeah. You know, I think when I first started, I didn't know as much. Um, I actually had this moment where I, cried myself out of an interview. <laughs> it's like the dentist with the bad teeth, right? This was what, very early in my career. And that was the the thing that made me realize I need to learn a career. So that's when I made that, like literally made career my career, right? So I, I've messed up pretty bad. but um, But what I've done like over time is kind of honed in on the fact that changing careers, you know, making that pivot is something that happens in the middle of the process too often we start in the middle, but there's there's pieces that need to come before that, right? So you have to get really clear on who you are as far as what skill sets you have, the usual thing you hear, right? So I'm not going to cover it for too long, but like what skill sets, what values, what interests, all of those things. But the part that's important to know is that we don't know ourselves as well as we think we do. And so- it seems really easy to say, oh, yeah, that's easy. I know my skills. I know my interests. Let's let's put my resume together, right? Um, but I can't tell you how many times I think I know myself. And then, you know, I ask someone, okay, do a mock interview with me or ask me questions about myself. And once you have someone else in front of you where you have to actually articulate who you are, what you're interested in, you realize just how little – time you actually spend getting to know yourself, right? You see everyone else around you, but you don't really, you don't, you never have to articulate who you are, what your interests are, how your interests and your qualities differ from someone else's and how your qualities can be, um, can help you lead you to your specific position. And too often I found myself gravitating towards what's popular at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, too often like right now, if I were in a position to look for things, I'd be like, Oh, let's look for artificial intelligence positions. That's what everyone's talking about right now, right? Um, but that may or not may or may not be what actually is going to fit me. So that was one of the things um that I started to to slowly figure out. And I think the other piece was I started to figure out how I can how I can know myself well enough not just for myself, but in order to communicate it to someone else. Mm. So I almost had to learn how to ca- articulate who I was, but almost like in the context of where I wanted to go. That That's was good. The, the big change.
0: So, so where did you, where did you start with that? So was that conversations with family, friends? Mm. Was that traditional assessments? How did you, like, when did that epiphany come for you? Like, okay, mm-hmm. first I got to know myself, and then I got to be able to communicate that clearly and consistently, and consistently mm-hmm. uh, to folks so they understood, you know, who I am, and then they can probably be an ally for me during my career sir. So mm-hmm. where did that, something just sparked, you, mm-hmm. right? Where did that come from?
1: Survival. It was all, <laughs> it was all survival. I mean, I, I come from a crazy background, like, I left my house when I was like 16, you know, I was, I only had shelter because college came up and I was able to take out financially. Like I was just one of those kids when you go to college and they're just like hanging by a thread, you know, getting pizza at the meetings, you know, it's very much that kind of scenario. But I like, there was that moment where I was like, I have to survive. Mm -hmm. And I'm either going to be at this level my whole life, or I'm going to figure out how this works. And that was my motivator. Um, And so what I realized was in a, I don't know how to say this any other way, but I had to learn what people wanted of me in the workforce. Like I had to know, I don't want to get let go. And this was from like working at JCPenney, working at McDonald's, working wherever. I was working multiple jobs, right? But I always had to know, what do you want from me? To make sure that i keep my job because if i don't have a job i'm literally homeless like that's where the motivation oh. was coming from and so through that that motivation like really taught me to hone in on what people say how people talk how they view me um and i just realized and i always say this that you know ownership what is it um what is it it's like ownership is nine tenths possession possession is nine tenths of the law Okay. And what I always okay. say is that perception is nine tenths of the decision. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. who you are. It doesn't matter what you bring to the table. What matters is how you're perceived in the eyes of the person making the decision. And so that's what I learned. I learned to manage my the perception of others had of me. Manage the perception that other people had of me. Like that's what I
0: learned to do. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's let's jump into the the coaching steps of clients that come to you and saying, hey, um, I'm unclear, because I don't know what direction to go, what's next for me, yeah. how do I get clarity, how are you walking those folks through the steps, what's step one mm-hmm. for them?
1: So the way I like to start, and I think I always say this, I always think that each coach has their own unique style, and you mm-hmm. want to find someone whose style like really like lights something up in you that you're like, yes, you get me, you know? And for me, one of the things that I do is, you know, sometimes we start straight from assessments, but my favorite thing to do is to say, the assessments are just a tool. Like, let's start with you. Like you tell me, and I try to just pull as much as I can um, out of the person I'm working with to really figure out what naturally comes out of you. And usually, and this is true for anything. Like if you do video, if you, um, you know, even in this podcast, you're going to notice that the first part, we're warming up. And so it's okay, right? I won't feel bad if someone in the comments is like, yeah, the first part was okay, right? It's okay. But then we get into the meat of it and then it gets really good when we're like in the zone, you know? Yeah. And then we sort of start to like, that's when we get into the deeper parts. And so that's what I do is I try to pull out all the surface stuff. Oh, I like to do budgets. Oh, I like to work with people. And I'm like, that's good keep pulling, right? Keep pulling, keep pulling until you get to like the core of what really drives them. So once I get that, then I'm like, okay, now we have an idea. Now it's not skewed by the limited options that an assessment gives us. Now let's go into the tool of the assessment and then have those two inform each other. Um, And then once you start getting a really good idea and confirmation about who you are, what you want out of life, what drives you, then that guides what jobs we actually look at as opposed to going and opening up the internet and seeing every possible job on earth is really overwhelming.
0: I love that. I like that. You said uh, somebody put it in the notes yet. Yeah, perception is the tenth of the decision. Yes. Um, and that's Marvina. Thank you, Marina, for, Thanks,
1: uh, Marvina, for <laughs>
0: subscribing the, uh, the broadcast. So appreciate you. Um, so with that, Right. Step two. Step two, after they've done the deep dive, because mm-hmm. my thought, too, I kind of do that, too, in a sense to say, uh, let's get all the fluff out the way. Yes. Are you going this direction because of monetary gain, like you said, because it's the new mm-hmm. latest fad AI to. Well, it's not a fad, but you know, is it AI? Is that what you want to jump on now? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had to redirect someone from a direction they thought they were supposed to go in based on? Those deeper conversations.
1: Yes. 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 And yes. And this is the beauty. This is why, you know, there's all this fear of like, oh, you know, if, if you show AI to your clients, they're going to, they're not going to go with you anymore. And I'm like, why would I ever? Who said that? Oh, I hear that all the time. In, in like, I've heard that from multiple people who are in the industry. Wow. They're like, oh, as a career coach, their AI is going to take over. And I'm like, mm, that's only if the level of work you do is Mm. is down here you know what i mean like you should be excited that you have more mental space to think more creatively right but um oh gosh now i lost my train of thought because ai took over well if
0: uh if you had to redirect someone from a direction they were originally thought Mm. they were going
1: yeah yes oh my goodness okay so i'm trying to think of one story so i can give you like one clear line so there was um this amazing um engineer I was working with but he wasn't an engineer anymore. he actually um, and I always bring up the story because it's so inspiring to me. so he got his engineering degree he worked in the field for a number of years and then he stopped for like five years because he thought he didn't like it. He literally left the field, left all that skill set, all that he did right and then there came a time where he really needed the finances. And so he was like, okay, well, I have this in my back pocket, but I don't think I can reenter. So what else can I do? And he wanted to look at everything except for engineering. And Mm -hmm. we really kind of did the polling. We did the assessments. We did the one, tell me a hundred things, like a hundred things. And he's like, a hundred, I don't know a hundred. I'm like, I promise you, there's a hundred things you want out of your job. I promise you. So we go through that process and really what he wanted was to develop people. He wanted to... Mm -hmm. Developed people at a previous position, he had developed a coaching program, and he was an engineer in that position too. And so there was all these pockets of things that we looked at, and at the end of the day, what it came back to is that it wasn't engineering that he didn't enjoy; it was the the fact that he felt like the core of an engineering position was not mentoring and coaching, but One of the things that we talked about is, you know, the fact that there is a core skill set, but unless you're working in a silo, you really are going to interact with people and and it just depends like what knowledge base you're interacting with them on, right? Like you're going to work with people in engineering, you're going to work with people in accounting, you're going to work with people in all these facets. And we also talked about how the skills that he had and the passion and interest that he brought. Was actually more on the rare side in his particular field. And so now he didn't see it as I'm a fish out of water. He saw it as I'm an asset that's even more valuable. And so that was one of the big things where, you know, when he went back, I would see all these posts about, you know, just a change of perspective can literally change the direction of your life. And that's exactly what we did. It was just a change of perspective. And he loves where he works. He's striving where he works. He's able to provide for his family. he He sees it in a whole different light, where something that was once like a, a drudgery is now actually really exciting. and it's just a change of perspective.
0: So what are the additional uh, mechanics to changing a career direction? And correct me if I'm wrong. Are you saying mm-hmm. um, different industry altogether or just different role? you're you're trying to elevate? Mm -hmm. Um, or is it all-encompassing?
1: It could be all of the above. It could be all of the above. So, um, you know, when you're changing careers, and I'm talking really big picture here, right? Obviously, there's some careers, like you can't just go into nursing if you're not a registered nurse, right? Um, But by and large, there's a lot of careers out there um, where I always say most, if not all skills, fall within a finite number of buckets. And, you know your job as candidates or actually my job as career coach and whoever whether you work you know on your own or you work with a career coach the job is to put your skills into those buckets and then think about them in terms of that new position and so that's the piece where when you change from let's say a non-technical industry to a highly technical industry you are going to have those skills gaps and you are going to need to reskill. Um, and so it's not a magic wand, right? But it is definitely possible to make that shift without having to take a pay cut. Because if you reskill and you fill in those gaps, right, with some online courses that there's a, an abundance of right now, then you have that skill set. Plus, you bring a completely different perspective that might be needed in that job at that time. And I always, I always say you are like a combination to a lock. And every company needs a very unique combination. Maybe one company is highly technical, but they have this need for cultural change ambassadors or they have this need for high emotional intelligence or interpersonal skills. And here's somebody that's coming in from a, you know, a counseling background or, you know, a different background. And now they picked up some, I don't know, data analytics or AI skills. And now they come and say, I have these skills, but guess what? My entire background. Is working with cultural change, is working with, I don't know, mergers, whatever it might be. Now they have that perfect combination, even though they're coming out of a different industry.
0: I like the whole bucket idea. It's because as you were explaining it in my head again, and I, I kind of repeat myself a lot each episode, but <laughs> then, um it's good stuff. I like to just explain <laughs> how I break it down, how it comes through for me. It if I'm writing down the buckets, right? It's mm-hmm. whether it be leadership. Um, you know, uh, technical uh, accounting, whatever the skill sets that are core to you that you, I would assume that that person loves to do, not just having the talent because you can have a skill set mm-hmm. and that be passionate or love it, but writing down those core skill sets that you love and then looking at the job description and kind of checking off, Say, okay, yep, this this works, this doesn't work. There's a balance. There's there's a gap here. Mm-hmm. I can fill that gap. That's easy, and then Taking an approach to you know still move in that direction. So, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. would be a little bit layer, like second layer to those types of conversations, um, as you're telling folks? Okay, tell me what you love, what you want to do, and then how do we match this to a new a new direction?
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, that's where. Um, so the first part is like talk to me, just talk to me, right? And that second mm-hmm. part is let's start categorizing this. And this is where the assessments come in, right? Like a personality assessment, interest assessment, um, even a skill sets assessment, values assessment. And so that helps us to start putting things into some buckets and helping, um, you know, helping them to see visually, right, where the bulk of your skill sets are. And then you can start to see combinations, right? So if you, for example, um, on the interest scale if you really enjoy building and working with real objects but then you also are really high critical thinker that matches to the engineering side if you're very persuasive and entrepreneurial but also very artistic well that might go into marketing right and so mm. it's easy i mean i can probably pull them up because i've been doing this for so long right but there's within the assessments there's results and they kind of walk you through them to where you can get an idea of what industries might be a good fit or what roles you know because some roles apply to all industries like hr for example you could be an hr professional in any industry right yep. and so so that's really the goal is to help you know visually categorize those skills and then go on to research sites and you can start as easy as Onet online i'm sure you're familiar with that and it's just um it's just a research website where you type in the industry and okay. it'll give you a ton of different roles and so it's just there's resources that you can use once you figure out those buckets, where your interest in your skills
0: lie. Awesome. Before I jump to my next question, Mar, uh, Marvina had a question. Let me throw it mm. up here. This is, do you stay at your current employer to develop skills you've learned in a certification program, or do you pursue mm. uh, at another career, uh, another employer?
1: That's such a great question. First question to ask is who's going to pay for it? That's Ooh. the first question, right? Like, is there a reimbursement program at your current, um, at your current employer? And then also at the same time, is it related to your current employer's uh, skill sets, right? And so, you know, when you talk to HR, some HR, um, you know, departments are more strict than others as far as how relevant it needs to be. So you do need to do that little bit of assessment to figure out, is this certificate relevant to the work I'm doing? Or could it Could a connection be made? And then moving forward and making that proposal and figuring out the criteria of of can it be funded? That's one of my first questions is like, who's going to pay for this, right? Um, But then it also, you're looking at things like, you know, um, time flexibility, right? Like, do you need to take a transition period? Is that certification program intense enough that you would need to set aside some funds, take some time off and, and have a gap between your old position and your new position, um, so those are some of the things that I would probably ask um you know to see to see which route you would take
0: I like that who's paying for it right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a, that's where your commitment goes who's who's cutting the check for <laughs> to yeah. to upscale so that's that's a good one that's definitely a good one um so from the uh from the additional practical steps we're now we're transitioning to once you've broke it all down you extracted all this information from there is it now transition to the resume update, what does that mm. look like? Is it the LinkedIn update? What, mm. what comes after that once you've uh, gathered all the data?
1: Oh, yeah. So we gather all the information. We do we do the research and we just confirm the, the lane, right? Because um, we don't want too many lanes or else the message gets watered down. So we want mm. one lane. What position are you applying for? And if you know what industry, if it's a, you know, as much as you can, you just get as much clarity as you can. Um, I actually don't start working on the resume. I don't start working on the LinkedIn. I have one core um, foundation. And for me, that's the career story. I'm very much a story builder. And what I do then is we together help you to narrate your career story. And the career story ends up being longer than what you technically want to share in anyone sitting with anybody, Mm -hmm. but it just gets you really clear on what your story is. And I just did a podcast episode on it. I think it, I think it's the one from this week. But when you watch a movie, you watch it beginning to end. When I create your career story, I'm creating a movie. But I start with the end in mind. And so we're like, okay, we need to know where you're going. And so if you're going for XYZ industry and XYZ role, we're going to start with that. Now let's go back to the beginning and craft a story that serves that ending. Mm. How did you become interested in this industry? When did that spark come up, realize that you wanted to work here, not just be in that environment? When did you realize, you know, so we just kind of go through that. And then the other piece too, is that we like to share, (laughs) we like to share all of our accomplishments and experience and they are important. And your mom is so proud of you. But they're not all relevant to the job that you're going to. That's one of the biggest things. It's the biggest struggle um, that we have because we're so proud of the work that we do. We work hard, you know? And so that's the piece where, you know, we're constantly chiseling away at the message to remove all irrelevant details so that when you say your career story, it's impact after impact after impact in what they want to hear. And it all leads you to like this journey of ups and downs, and it leads you to, and that's how i arrived here in your office and that's why i think this is the perfect next fit for me
0: that's good that's good so with that trend, with that career story mm-hmm. you asking them or prepping them to kind of master that so in the process of an interview they can speak to it with clarity and confidence in, in essence
1: yeah we're basically that career story mm-hmm. everything else it's like a it's like a an explosion, right? For anyone who Mm -hmm. does any kind of content and you have one major piece of content and then it explodes into all these small pieces of content, that's what we do. And the career Mm -hmm. story is the core piece of content. And so there's a lot of micro stories within that career story. And so the skeleton of it all becomes your tell me about yourself. It becomes a portion of the summary on your resume. You might pull a sentence or two for your cover letter. And of course, those micro stories can be shared as part of the interview as they come up, right? Um, And so that's what we do. We do the core core career story. And then from there, then we take basically a transcript of the career story. We drop it into the resume and we start to build out the resume, which is really easy at that point because you've got all the best accomplishments and the most relevant accomplishments. We make sure it's got all the right keywords for the robots. You know what I'm you know what I'm talking about?
0: Mm-hmm. And then from
1: there, we build out the LinkedIn and we start preparing for the interview.
0: Love it. So I'm going to switch. I'm going to pivot. And yeah, let's, let's share some of the the things you're seeing folks do that they shouldn't be doing that, you know, that may be out there still. Folks are saying, hey, do this, do that. When it to- mm-hmm. comes time to your career uh, change or direction, um, share the don'ts in this mm-hmm. process in current time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, this is like a double negative, but don't not use artificial intelligence. Mm. I mean, it makes your life so much easier. Like don't, don't waste time trying to come up with the perfect bullet, drop it in a chat GPT, ask it for five different variations, you know, wordsmith, the one you like, and you're done. You're, you know, use it as a brainstorming tool, whatever phase you're at, drop that question to chat GPT. All you just need a couple thoughts to get you going and then you can make a lot more progress. So that's one of them. Um, I think the other one, and this is this is like old as dirt, so it's not new, but I still think no matter how much I hear it from colleagues of mine in the career industry, I mm. still see so many people that overemphasize the resume and use it as their starting point. Mm. And that's, I still see that a lot. And I think the resume is important, um, but I don't think you should start there. And I definitely don't think you should end there. I think it's a piece of the puzzle that should take a little bit of a backseat. We do the career story. That's the core, right? Getting clarity, getting your career story. That whole first piece is the most important as far as I'm concerned. And then, you know, we spend some time doing the resume, maybe like a day or two. And that's it. That's it. You're done. You're done. Like you're done with the resume. And then the rest of the time, it's like, okay, let's stir the water. Let's, you know, start meeting with folks let's you know see who has positions available let's start talking to recruiters let's start reaching out to managers let's start providing some solutions because Mm -hmm. we get too muddled in the I'm applying I'm applying I'm applying I'm applying which is good you should apply but if you're just applying and waiting to hear back and that's the only interaction you have it's just not enough nowadays
0: so you just open up a new lane right Mm -hmm. I was going to ask a different question, but (laughs) I like I like where Uh we're going here, which is still, uh, you know, making sure you're you're doing your career transition or career change, career direction correctly. So part of that is that same old adage. I think a lot of job seekers do, like you said, they're just posting and praying or applying and praying and waiting for feedback. Mm -hmm. What are some tools, some techniques, some tips? That, that can increase their engagement and visibility or, you know, opportunities mm-hmm. to to get those initial phone calls, initial conversations uh, mm-hmm. happening uh, a bit quicker.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had a guest on the podcast, Glenn Richardson. He's a recruiter and he does, um, well, he's more than a recruiter. He has like an agency and all that, but, but he works, um, he does that recruitment side of things, right? And he said something that kind of struck me and he was like, You know, very rarely do I do I am I treated like a human, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's there's a lot of uh, you get a lot of like you know, uh, template emails, right? Um, you get the um things that how can I say this? He's gotten messages like I've applied to a hundred jobs, you know, I've applied to a hundred jobs, you know, and he's like, you know, that's not it's not quite the way you know you want to be approached, right? Like Imagine if, you know, we treated, we connected as humans. I always say, you're just a human talking to another human, you know, because Mm -hmm. people get, um, we get really like into our heads about networking, about what it is and how we should do it and look professional. And and I'm like, no, you're just a human talking to another human who also has kids and who also goes to the store and, you know. Um, And so one of the things that he said was, you know, look at my page see who I am, find a commonality, and then reach out to me, right? You're applying, but you're also, you're applying and putting your resume, your cover letter in there, but you're also putting your resume like into my inbox. And you're saying, hey, Glenn, I saw blah, 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 blah. You know, you talk to them, start a conversation as if the relationship was what mattered, right? Because it should be, right? So start a conversation with the relationship first, relationship in mind, um, and then make life easier for them. I think this is something that many of us forget because there's so much like nervousness around the career aspect that we forget that if we can serve people, they're going to remember us. And you can serve someone who's looking to hire by making life easier and saying, hey, I just applied. So don't contact them unless you applied. I just applied. Here's my resume. By the way, I saw on your LinkedIn page that you posted about XYZ. I actually just read an article about that. You might find it interesting. Here's the link. You know, I would love to have a chat with you about some possibilities, like just kind of connect with them. And that makes it makes all the difference in the world to stand out from a sea of 200 other applicants.
0: Good, good. So we have another question come in from Mm -hmm. Arvina. Uh, Any change of strategy when you are a C-level looking to pivot? Great question.
1: Yeah. If you are already C-level then that tells me you're already thinking in terms of big picture, not in terms of effort, but in terms of impact and, and you know, um, leadership and that kind of thing. Um, if you're at the C level, to me, it actually could be easier to pivot than if you were an individual contributor. Because at the executive level, you are basically doing a lot of the same things. Yes, you need that foundation. However, leadership is leadership. And if you can encourage, empower, coach, motivate, inspire people to kind of work with passion, it almost doesn't matter if you haven't had as much experience in that industry. Now, there's always going to be different cultural dynamics, and that's where the emotional intelligence comes in of, you know, being able to come into a space where, Someone in a different industry might say, well, you don't know what we know and you don't know what we've gone through and having that patience to understand that experience. Um, But I think it's altogether possible to make that shift. And it's the same skill set of storytelling and of um, kind of translating your skills. But the big difference, I think, is that because there's so much responsibility at the C-level, that I would imagine you know, so much more research is needed. And so when you target a position, the lower down the hierarchy you are, the easier it is to target a position. You just change some keywords, we're good, right? But the higher up you get, you, know, you don't have a ton of people in the pool. And so every person in the pool is gonna target that much more. And so that's where it's super important to get extremely clear on what you have to offer how you can leverage that difference of industry in this new industry. Um, And then be really confident about it. Because if you're not confident in it, they can't, you know, that confidence won't transfer and they can't trust that they're making a decision um, that will work out.
0: Love it. Next thing you know, uh, uh, you need to call Patricia, set up a meeting, right? (laughs) Do a deep dive, do the assessment, do the, the personal, the value, the skills, the interest assessments, uh, and get that all wrapped up and get some coaching under her. Dave, a uh, consistent supporter. He says, appreciate that leadership storytelling mm. with passion is what I do well. Absolutely. Good.
1: Said, that is awesome. It will serve you well, for sure.
0: So from um, a, a more strategic, and I, I like that question about the C-level. Mm-hmm. Is there much separation though? Is it because you would think, like you said, they're already forward thinking, already big picture thinking.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Does the strategy or expectations get more granular or completely different from a mid-level or entry-level person starting a career? is, Is the strategy much different at all?
1: I mean, I think there's so many ways to go with this. I feel like that technicality of the work that you do it seems to be more significant at the individual contributor level, right? Mm-hmm. So either if you don't have a certain skill set, it's more likely that you'll need to learn that skill set as you transition, right? Um but I do think that as you go into leadership positions, the knowledge base is incredibly important, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing the history and in all of that. Um but the skills are like you said they're much more big picture it's one of the highest skills for, you know, executives and and higher level leaders is the people skills, the leadership, emotional intelligence, right? Um, Strategy, vision, like those big picture skills. And I think that it's possible to transfer a lot of those skills. Um, Now, are you going to be as competitive as someone who's been in the industry forever, right? It's possible that in some cases you might not be as competitive, but just like in director level positions, management positions just like in those positions, when you bring something new from a different industry, you could be the odd man out or you could be the diamond okay. they didn't realize was coming. And it's up to you to build that perception, to build that story and to carry it well so that they believe it as much as you do.
0: love that. So when it comes to more of the, um, what was the uh, I had the question in my head. So for folks that are currently working, right? Folks that are mm-hmm. currently working is that strategy how how visible can they be? Right? How? It's different when you're not working, you can get your little banner saying open to work mm. and things like that on there. You can be more vocal, but when you're you're kind of in stealth mode a bit, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Which is fair. That's totally fair.
0: Right. Uh, because you said earlier, right? The best time to start looking for one when you kind of have a have a role, but mm-hmm. how more in depth or more strategic should their job search be what are Mm -hmm. they leveraging the most at that point because they can't be as visible
1: you know i think the biggest piece of visibility is that open to work sign like that's the biggest one right Mm -hmm. um i honestly don't recommend, like this is me personally. Everyone, I think it's a hotly debated topic, right? Because my whole bit is perception is the intensive of the law. I do not actually recommend to put that open to work. Now, there's going to be comments that are like, what are you talking about, right? More opportunities. And that is certainly a, a strategy to that. There's certainly, you know, validity to that. Um, but I'm always of the mindset of, you know, let's make you the sought after professional as opposed to you saying, someone come to me, you know, I I would much rather help someone to get so clear on their message and to do their SEO, their search engine optimization on their LinkedIn and their about section. Um, You know, I've helped someone make, you know, resume videos and profile videos, and they've had people come to them from- Different industries altogether that we didn't optimize for, that they're like, your video looks so cool. Like, mm-hmm. let's have a conversation just to just with that, you know. And so I think there's other ways to become visible, to be scouted as opposed to um, as opposed to sharing visibility in terms of I'm looking for a job like you can be visible as a highly competitive candidate with the value you bring with the thought leadership. So it's more of becoming visible with what you give, not yep. necessarily being visible with what you need.
0: Love that. Love that. So for folks that are watching or catch the replay, I hope you really honed in on that Um, Mm -hmm. because to me, again, it's like create content, do something that separates you in that space Mm -hmm. uh, from a place of value, adding value on the platform, making sure you optimize the whole thing there. I think Mm -hmm. that'll bring more visibility and opportunities to you. I call it the VCO method. Visibility creates opportunity. So, All right, uh, so I love that that you share that concept versus just you know putting that out there because I think that's mm-hmm. almost the same as and again, we can get a lot of controversial comments. right.
1: But <laughs> Here we go. Here we
0: go. <laughs> it's almost the same as just applying and praying, right? Mm-hmm. I'm applying, I'm stating that this is where I'm at in my career. Um, I think my res I think my profile is up to date. I don't know my resume may be up to date and I'm just clicking easy apply, easy apply, mm-hmm. easy apply. Or you're putting posts out there saying, Can anyone help me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I get you need to help, but I think you need to be uh create that career plan, have a have a more uh strategic plan, and that might be cause that might cause you to come out your comfort zone, like Mm -hmm. like Patricia said, and create that SEL, right? How do you be more seen on the platform? Because that's the that's the massive platform. Like the NDs, the career builders, the monsters, they don't work anymore. Mm -mm. Right, ninety percent or more recruiters and employers are jumping to LinkedIn Mm -mm. uh, to find, unless they're doing TikTok and all the other platforms there. But for the most part, I don't think um, using that, using that—I don't even know what you call it—the little open to work thing. Oh, the banner, yeah, banner, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, don't don't do it either. Yeah, it's almost like I'm open to dating.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, that's such a great analogy.
0: I generic. wouldn't, I you wouldn't really go after it out there like that. <laughs> you just prepare yourself for, for the opportunity, put, position yourself in right, you know, in right environments to, uh, mm-hmm. to be sought after, like you said. So love that. Love that.
1: Now mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. uh, we're we're coming up on time. So um, where, what am I missing? What other strategies can we share uh, that I haven't touched on yet?
1: Um, I think one piece that we haven't yet talked too much about is the, immense opportunity that there is on LinkedIn. If you want to hear Mm -hmm. more about that, check out Orlando's episode on the Uncommon Career because he did an amazing job of sharing just what an opportunity LinkedIn is. I mean, I don't think, I didn't realize and before my time, there wasn't an option to -hmm. connect with people at any level, right? Um, We each have skill sets, knowledge, talents, right? And so In a world where only, you know, music, musicians and sports stars, right, can go from rags to riches, right, because of their Mm -hmm. talent, we are now in this, like, you know, I don't know, flat, flattened world, flat earth, whatever you want to call it, right, where um, everyone technically has access for a very low, low, low um, price or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, You have access to people. And you can be really savvy about how to get visible in front of someone specific and then make contact publicly through comments and likes and then find that commonality, get a comment back that shows, hey, they're raising their hand. You're kind of cool. I agree mm-hmm. with you. Then you say, okay, well, let's go into a private room. Let's go into the the messenger, right? And let me let me just see if we can have a five-minute chat, right? Like never before has this opportunity been there. And I just think it's not leveraged enough.
0: Huge. Huge point. Huge mm-hmm. point. Because I, I I always say that there's no other platform where you can reach out and connect with folks globally in a matter of seconds. Yes. Right. The the reach and the visibility is insane. Mm-hmm. Like you're meeting folks that you would have never connected with mm-hmm. uh, living your everyday life if it wasn't for you know LinkedIn. Mm-hmm insane and the fact that we're not um job seekers are maybe not and we're not right neither one of us is saying this is a blanket statement for all job seekers but i think uh we've been programmed so much to just do one way Mm -hmm. sometimes when new platforms like this and ai come into play the the resistance to change becomes more difficult like i Mm -hmm. never had to do that before now you do right yeah yeah, right. I remember yeah.
1: someone we were going through the career process and they were like, Why do I have to talk to people? Why can't I just apply for a job? You know, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, let's let's switch this a little bit. Like instead of saying, Why do I have to talk to people? Why can't I just apply for a job? And it's not, it's very normal, yeah. right? It's very normal because it's changed. There's nothing wrong in thinking that. Um, there's nothing like wrong with you if you're thinking that, but it does mean like if we could just change that instead of saying, Oh my gosh, I have to do this extra thing, you can say I now have access to some of the most talented, most influential, most powerful decision makers. And I can put myself forward and create opportunities for me that were never an option before.
0: Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And,
1: and you can work with someone to help you do that.
0: Uh, so David has a question. He says, um, what is your advice for a video value add format?
1: Hmm. Is that in terms of like, what should you share on video? Yeah. Clarify
0: that, David. If you mean in what type of value content you should be putting out there. Um, so while, while we're thinking through that, go ahead and uh, clarify that question. Uh, and Patricia can add now. I add a little two cents to it, too. But just the, the whole perception of like you would think for sure right now in this current, I call it the career economy mm. where. Folks need to transition, right? It's, um, whether they're looking to go straight entrepreneurship or just go, you know, vertical in their career or mm-hmm. transition complete industries, like a strategy is is somewhat foreign for folks. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that they just have to make that investment in the coach. And I'm not pitching this for for you to say, go ahead and call Patricia or call me or call whatever coach in your state. But mm. It's it's really going to help you gain that clarity, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're just in a boat tossed, being tossed to and fro, not knowing where to go. You, I think when uh, Dr. Jasmine Escalera talks about it a lot, mm-hmm. you could be jumping from one um, co- from one toxic environment into the next, and not even yeah. you know it because you didn't take a time to kind of clarify and see direction. So that's that's really, I'm telling, you, get with a coach, folks. Get with a coach. That's so, so true. Yes. Uh, David said content. So what is your advice on for video value add content?
1: Um, You know, depending on what industry you're in, you can share sort of your thoughts on current news and events. One of the easiest ways, because I think it takes time to get into the mindset of what do I share if it's not something you're normally doing? Mm -hmm. And as professionals, if we're not in the career search, it's very possible we're so dedicated to our work. We're not used to putting out content and being a creator, right? The way everyone mentions. And so one of the easiest things to do is to pull up an industry, uh, you know, topic, some current event that's happening in your industry and you should read through it. Something is going to hit, right? Because you're in that industry, you're in it every day. Something's going to resonate with you and you're going to have some thoughts. And so then you just hop onto video and say, hey, I saw this article. It's linked below, but I just wanted to share a couple thoughts on it. What do you think? Let's start a conversation. And it's really simple and it gives you an anchor.
0: But that, That's fearful for a lot of folks. It can be. Yeah. 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 David says something else. He says, uh, "Speaking advice to an audience like business attitude uh, is, is in the way that is in the way I lead." So I, I like that. If you're talking about business attitude, if that's the topic, um, mm-hmm. that's definitely unique. I, I don't think I've heard anyone speak to that point. Um, so if you're to to Patricia's point, break it down really small. I mean, mm-hmm. you can make one minute sound bites. You don't have to have a forty minute, you know, onslaught of you just being talking head. But make, you know, make a one minute clip, drop one tip, Mm -hmm. two days later, drop a second tip. Or if you want to do once a week, you know, and um, just be consistent. So once you start that journey, uh, (laughs) David says, (laughs) he's he's like, he's throwing, forget forget his comfort zone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So just just stay consistent. So something I've learned uh, a few months back is commit first, figure out the rest later.
1: Right? Mm. So commit
0: to doing the content, commit to doing it once you put it out there, but just know, you know, keep yourself on a consistent cadence because you mm-hmm. will then start to train the audience, train yeah. the, the followers to like, oh, wow, Dave was putting out, uh, whether it be an article, whether it be a video, or carousel, whichever mm-hmm. format you choose, newsletter, um, stay consistent with it mm-hmm. and you'll start to, you'll start to see what happens for sure because yeah. Patricia and I can tell you probably tons of things that tons of things that happen when we started sharing content on LinkedIn. That's that's happening behind the scenes that we may may or not be putting out there on the profile, you know, on the platform. So mm-hmm. uh, that. Yeah. And then set your appointment with Patricia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm always open to it. I've got the nope. um, the executive coaching side with the Career Winner Circle. And then with The Uncommon Career, I work with individual contributors and then also first line managers and um, mid-level folks.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So before we close, uh, share with folks where they, and you just touched on it too, but share with folks the best way to contact you and consume your content and set an appointment with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, if you're kind of just getting started, you just want that inspiration, you can head over to theuncommoncareer.com and um, you'll see my website there. I've got a podcast, the uncommon career podcast big surprise. Um, And then again, I do coaching um, on the executive level. I partner with Career Winner Circle because they've got an amazing platform, an amazing structure, an arsenal of executive coaching resources that we can uh, pull from. And then if you are um, early, mid-career, middle management, then the Uncommon Career is going to get you some better rates.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Question I always ask my guests, um, what gets you going and why do you do what you do?
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I forgot something. Grab the checklist. I've got a career checklist that walks oh. you through the five steps that I walk all my clients through to get hired. And that's the uncommoncareer.com slash checklist.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank well, you. We'll also drop that in the show notes. After this. <laughs> Thanks.
1: But you were asking um, what drives me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Career stories, like the story behind it, like not just Crafting the career story, but I mean the journey, like listening to people's journey. I feel like I have yet to speak to someone who shares their journey. And in sharing it, we have all these moments where their light face just lights up and they're like, I didn't realize I oh. did that. You know, and it's not just I did that, it's I didn't realize how capable I am. I didn't realize how valuable my skill set is. And I think it's that light bulb that I do this for. It's the light bulb of knowing like we have so much untapped potential in every workforce, in every industry, in every, you know what I mean? In every environment, we have so much untapped potential. And I just feel like it is my job, it is my duty in life, you know, to help people to shine bright everywhere they go and and make every workplace just a little bit more effective and efficient and powerful as a result.
0: It is the mission of Patricia Ortega. <laughs> love it. Appreciate you so much for first uh allowing me on your platform. Mm-hmm. Again, folks, that's the un um, I'm about to say it wrong. The uncommon career career. career. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a tongue twister, isn't it?
0: <laughs> the Uncommon Career Podcast. Uh definitely check it out. And um the information you shared, some of my personal takeaways, which I love. You mentioned the career story, but Beyond that was the the micro stories. Mm, mm-hmm. So I love that the micro stories like how you say this is part, but then it sprouts out into a bunch of little micro stories. So I mm-hmm. like that. That might you might need to put that into like a, a PDF ebook carousel something. I don't know. Oh, it's in the works. There you go. There uh-huh. you go. Awesome. So folks, make sure you follow Patricia. Connect with her. Any questions you have, post this broadcast. Uh, go ahead and tag her in them. I'm sure she'll be super happy to answer those. Just don't. Trying to, you know, extract too much free information from her. Oh, get that's in funny. There, Always happy to in, help. you right. <laughs> <laughs> make the investment. Don't ask for a three-hour session for free now. Uh, make the investment. Get with her to improve your career. Any last parting words for the viewers that are watching us?
1: Hmm. Last parting words. Oh, I heard it on someone else's podcast, actually. Um, Stay On Course was the podcast. And she interviewed Gary Vandercheck's, oh grandson son, no grandpa I
0: can't remember grandson okay. grandpa really? grandpa I think it's <laughs> okay. grandpa I'm
1: butchering it but <laughs> anyways he said something if you don't like the work you do it's so simple if you don't like the work you do get out like yep. that's what he said if you don't like the work you do get out and I thought that's so simple but that's so powerful
0: we'll leave it there folks we'll see you next time here on the Career Talks podcast take care thanks everyone hey all right awesome awesome
1: are we still live? it looks no, like we're still alive right
0: no i don't think so nope. i see
1: it says everyone can hear and see you you're on the show
0: oh we are
1: mm.
0: yeah. <laughs>